Welcome back to the Ultimate Pocket Therapist. We are a mother and daughter team of Shannon and Brooke, wanting to educate, enlighten, and entertain all of you to mental health. Yes, here we are. The entertaining part. The entertaining. That's really all we're here for. Right. Everything else is just an added bonus as long as you're entertained deeply. Deeply. <laughs> well, we always are. We're thoroughly yeah, entertained. We, yeah. we always think we're funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway, before we get started on our entertainment, um, this is our uh, disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Legit am, and fancy. Yes, it is. Right, right to the core. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am not your therapist and mm-hmm. this is not a therapy session. No. No. And don't say it, Brooke. Mm-hmm. And if anything we ever talk about, brings up issues, triggers anything for you, we strongly suggest that you seek counseling and get help. And there are many resources available in your area. And we will actually um, share one with you at this time. This podcast is being sponsored by BetterHelp. Like we have mentioned in each of our podcasts, if anything we talk about triggers or brings up any issues, Don't hesitate to seek counseling. Everyone has struggles, and therapy does not need to be scary. Everyone deserves to be happy, and you don't need to worry about finding a therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And as a special offer to Ultimate Pocket Therapist listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash UP therapist. That's betterhelp.com slash UP therapist. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Okay. Okay. Why are you here? <laughs> I'm the therapist. Oh, so I yeah. think I repressed why we were Oh, here. I see. Uh-huh. Okay, I yeah. get it. You see what I did there? Yeah, that okay. was funny. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so what we are talking about today, <laughs> our topic, is um, repressed memory. Hmm. Yeah. So um, any ideas? Mm-mm. No? I forgot. You forgot. <laughs> I have no idea. Who are you? I don't know. <laughs> I just, I showed up here. I don't know. (laughs) So repressed memory is a really interesting topic, especially for a therapist. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody else thinks it's quite as interesting as therapists do, but they don't really No, You don't really care about it. I mean, it's interesting when you talk at me about it. Yeah. Yeah. But no, this is not something I sit and ponder on my Darn on my it. own. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I, I, I nope. apparently I might just be the only one who doesn't sit and ponder repressed memory situation. Alrighty, good, good to know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't ask um, if you don't want the honest answer. Okay, so a repressed memory are memories that are stored in the unconscious and blocked from normal recall. Okay. Okay. So. When some memories can be so 
haunting and traumatic and people just cannot deal with them. Oftentimes we can shake off traumatic events. You know, we've talked about trauma in the past Mm -hmm. and move on from what happened. But other times the experience was so upsetting that it prompts us to subconsciously banish these memories from our conscious mind. And clinically, this is referred to as repressed memory. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's basically a condition where a specific memory has been unconsciously blocked by an individual due to high levels of stress or trauma contained in that memory. Okay. Okay. Um, Therefore, repressed memory occurs when that person has pushed down a specific memory into their subconscious as a way to avoid facing the feelings associated with it. All right. Makes sense. Okay. So there's a difference, though, between repressed memory and suppressed memories. Yeah, there is. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Don't know what it is, but of course there is. (laughs) Oh, these are all really big words for you. Uh, it is, yeah. yeah. Just just keep talking to me like yeah. I know things. So the repressed memory is what we're talking about. It's kind of blocked. Okay. okay? Oftentimes it's referred to blocked memories. Okay. Okay. Same thing. Mm-hmm. A suppressed memory is where icky things have happened to us in our lifetime, and we really choose not to think about them. We consciously push them down so they're not at the top of our memory. Okay. Okay. And oftentimes the suppressed memories will, um, kind of find their way to the surface and we catch ourselves thinking about them Mm -hmm. and then we go, Ooh, that was icky. Why am I thinking about that? Mm -hmm. And what do we do? We push them back down. Okay. But the repressed ones or the blocked ones. We don't have recall of them. Interesting. Yeah. We don't know they're there. Okay. Okay. So kind of basically at the core, um, of repressed memories, it's a form of self-preservation. Okay. That makes sense. A defense mechanism. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And generally these occur when we're very young and we're not old enough, sophisticated enough, emotionally safe enough to deal with something horrific. Mm -hmm. So the subconscious basically blocks that. It can happen at all ages. Okay. But we often see it in childhood. Okay. Okay. Because it's just too much to deal with and we take that memory. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about repressed memory is there is still to this day a huge controversy about is it, is it a real thing or does it just bring up false memory? Are repressed memories real? And there is a big debate between therapists, psychologists, everyone about whether or not repressed memories are actually um, legit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because this started back, repressed memory started back when it first came out was um, by Sigmund Freud. You remember him. Yeah, I knew him. We had a couple beers one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you went to school with him. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. So you know Sigmund. <laughs> Old Sig. <laughs> Old Sig, his nickname. <laughs> yeah. He uh, actually published uh, an essay in 1896. Oh, wow. I know, right? 
And it's kind of a famous one, if you're a therapist, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, about um, a woman named Annie O. Just Annie O. Annie O. And um, she went to see him. She had many ailments. One was actually, um, she was paralyzed on the right side of her body. Oh, okay. okay. And so Sig, okay, <laughs> he, um, he honestly thought her symptoms were attached to some kind of a psychological trauma. He treated her with hypnosis. Oh. And honestly, she went on to gain some slight mobility in her right side. Mm-hmm. So this began the idea of repressed memories being associated with trauma. Okay. Okay. And affecting you physically. Physically. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Old Sig. Yeah, yeah. He's so smart. Yeah. So the the controversy about this is is so interesting because. Uh, still, a lot of clinical psychologists and research psychologists um, dispute that repressed memory ever occurs at all. Okay. Okay. And that, well, some psychologists claim that repressed memories can be recovered through psychotherapy, even years or decades after the event. Um, others believe and argue that it's actually a false memory. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they've changed the wording in our DSM-5, you know, your favorite book, mm-hmm. to they don't have repressed there anymore. It's a, a disassociative disorder. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that a little mm-hmm. while because that could be another explanation for them. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what we see often with repressed memory is it kind of goes into our body and we see some physical signs or we see some like emotional signs. Okay. Because the people don't know the memory is there, but yet your body is reacting to something. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds so, like voodoo magic. Voodoo. Yeah. <laughs> so when we look at that, um, what are some things that you could think of that would be somatic stuff that we would have or things that might cause a repressed or be a sign that there might be a repressed memory there? Well, like we were saying, um, unexplained physical symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, anxiety and depression, I would imagine. Yeah, especially when you can't get a handle on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you don't even know it's there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's just back there hiding, wreaking havoc on your life. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you also see things like sleep disturbance. Okay. Yeah. Nightmares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet you lots of different mood symptoms, not just anxiety and depression, but I bet you anger. Right. You know, like that just moody, angry, sad, mm-hmm. you know, mopey maybe. Right. Or you just never, you're, yeah, you just never regulate your mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like the feelings of doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think like, um, probably concentration and memory stuff 
Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Associated with it. Yeah. Probably also um, low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I would assume. Yeah, I would too. So with repressed memories, it's real interesting because they they don't surface usually mm-hmm. unless we are in a safe place emotionally or physically. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And they don't usually surface until we're adults. Okay. And then we find ourselves in maybe an emotionally safe environment, and then the memory can kind of start to surface again. Okay. Okay. It's a really interesting dynamic. But I've seen it happen, or I've worked with clients that it has happened mm-hmm. with. Okay. And it's very, sometimes it, it comes back kind of as a, um, almost a reoccurring dream state, or we hear about flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. We see them on TV and they're pretty dramatic, but it kind of comes back sometimes in a snippet, like a piece of a memory mm-hmm. comes back and then you start kind of working on it and kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that we have to be real careful of when we're dealing with repressed memory is therapists cannot suggest it. Oh, okay. Like you, you're not going to like tell a client they have a repressed memory. (laughs) It's like, I think your symptoms are due to a repressed memory. You know, it's like, no, we don't want to suggest that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we, we really, you don't coach them through it. You don't, you have to be just open-minded, be very unbiased. Okay. Okay. Because we do not want a memory to come back that has been influenced. And then we have that risk of false memory mm-hmm. because that's the big controversy. Right. Is it, is it really a memory or a false memory? Yeah. Okay. This has been a real interesting debate with therapists that use hypnosis. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've never used hypnosis. I not, it's not something that's ever been comfortable for me to do. Mm-hmm. But I know back, it became very popular in about the 90s. Okay. And I remember back then the guidelines were, and I don't know if they're still the same because I don't use hypnosis, mm-hmm. but the guidelines back then were if you had, if you used hypnosis, you had to have an audio or video recording of the session. Okay. Okay. Because there were so many people coming up with, you know, childhood memories of abuse and all that stuff. And there's a lot of court cases and. So that way there's proof uh that the, that the, um, therapist didn't coach right memories right in implant the memory or something somehow instill it or Mm -hmm. or shape it yeah yeah that way it's a genuine Mm -hmm. memory interesting yeah yeah so the other thing with working with people with memories that come back is really kind of looking at the idea of um if they're ready to deal with it Mm -hmm. 
you know, it can't be the therapist agenda. It needs to be theirs. Right. Because even like with when we talked about trauma, mm-hmm. if a person isn't ready to deal with their trauma, then don't deal with it. Yeah. You know, because it may cause more problems bringing it up and trying to work on it than you're helping. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So another thing when we're talking about, you know, the client has to be in a position where they're really ready to deal with that Mm -hmm. is that oftentimes they might be intellectually aware that something has gone on, but they don't remember the details of it. Or another thing is they may have been told about a trauma that happened when they were little and they might have been part of it, involved with it, and someone's telling them about they have no recall of it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in those situations, do you bring it up? Do you work on it? Do you, unless I guess it's impacting their life, you know, but it might cause more trauma to -hmm. bring it up than to just allow it to be repressed and blocked. Makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, what else might explain this? Like, what else could be going on? Besides, like, explain the repressed memory thing? Yeah, like, what else could be going on other than a repressed memory? Well, back to the disassociation. Okay. Okay. So, um, people often cope with severe trauma by disassociating or detaching from what happened. Okay. All right. So, um, the detachment can like alter, blur, or block the memory of the event. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think we have the new label or description of it in the DSM. Okay. okay. Um, it could be denial. So when you deny an event, it may never register in your conscious. Okay. Okay. Denial might occur when something is so traumatic and upsetting, your mind doesn't let a picture form. Oh. It's just, the mind just denies that it happens. Interesting. It is interesting. Or there's forgetting. Um, You may not remember an event until something later in life triggers your recollection of it. Okay. Okay. But this is real interesting because... um, it's not really possible to know whether your brain unconsciously repressed the memory or you consciously buried it or simply forgot. Interesting. So I know. You know, I feel like there's a shit ton of gray area. Isn't there? And I think that's why there's, it's so controversial. Yeah. You know, on just studies, whether or not there's such a thing as repressed memory Mm -hmm. or, you know, or is it just forgetting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also just even growing up and having new information. Hmm. So um, we might, as we get older in life, things take on new meaning Mm -hmm. and we see things differently and we gain life experiences. And then this memory that we thought was forgotten about surfaces and it kind of takes on a whole new light that we hadn't thought about as a child. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's other reasons or explanations for it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So with this uh, gray area controversial <laughs> subject, what's your opinion? Have you dealt with this? Have you? Yeah, yeah, actually, I'm kind of on the side of believing in the repressed memories. Okay. Because I have, I have actually had this occur and have worked with clients mm-hmm. that this has happened to. I have taken on clients that the memories were uncovered with another therapist, and then I came in later, but um, that actually ended up in court, and they won. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, in fact, that's kind of an interesting story. Okay. Well, do do we have time for stories? Always. Like I said, oh, we if, always have time if, for if stories. they don't want to listen, if we're going on too long, they shut us off. <laughs> They're not captive here. Our audience does not have to stay. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this is that. That's interesting because this brought up um, a story from way back in the archives. Mm-hmm. Okay. So years and years ago, I had a client referred to me by another therapist that was outside the area. Okay. okay. And she had worked with this client for a long period of time. And the client was actually located closer to me. Oh, okay. And so just, it was like, kind of like now we've gotten through the hard stuff, you know, pick up with someone else. You don't have to do the drive. Okay. Kind of a deal. Anyway, when this client first came to see me, at that time, my office had stairs. Okay, no mm-hmm. handicap access. It's you had to get Welcome up and down. Welcome to the dark ages. Yeah, you mm-hmm. had to get up and down stairs. And I noticed when she came, she had a really hard time navigating the stairs. And she was hanging onto the rail and she could barely make it down the stairs. And I felt kind of bad. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't got a lot of history from the other therapist, so I wasn't sure what was really going on. Then when she picked up a pencil to um, sign and fill out her information, she had a hard time holding on to the pencil. Hmm. Okay, her hands were really, really bad. And so I'm obviously we've got some disabilities going yeah. on. Okay. But as it turned out, um, this was kind of the tail end of some very severe somatic stuff. Apparently, she brought in pictures, and at one time, she was absolutely confined to a wheelchair, could not use her hands. Um, it, that was so bad, it was even impacting her ability to swallow, and so she was on a liquid diet with a straw, but she had to have someone hold the cup underneath her, and she's in her mid-30s. What? Yeah. That is crazy. And her husband had actually bought a van with a lift on it so they could get her wheelchair in and out of the van because she could no longer walk. So she was capable and not handicapped or bound to wheelchair mm-hmm. before? Uh-huh. So these symptoms just came on? They came on. This is a long time coming, and she was actually diagnosed with MS. Okay. But here's the story. She had been... um severely abused as well as her siblings Mm -hmm. Um, and it was satanic abuse and it went on over a very long period of time 
and her father was actually drugged the mom at night so he could get the kids out. Oh. And so I won't even go into some of the details and the stories that she talked about with this abuse, but they were horrific. Oh, my God. And so the things that she saw, the things she had to participate in were horrific. Okay. She had no memory of any abuse. What? She got married. She had a couple of kids and things were going on. And then she started not being able to um, use her hands and feet and whatever. And that started the long diagnosis of MS. Hmm. Okay. So when she started into therapy with this other therapist, she had no recall of abuse. Okay. Okay. So long story, this was over years. The abuse surfaced, and not only was it legit, the mom divorced the husband. She was starting to realize she was the mom was starting to put some two and two together as these kids were being raised. And then, honestly, the majority of the siblings also joined her. They took the dad to court in a civil case and won. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But through this process, she started to get back her mobility. So when I saw her, she was actually walking. Wow. Uh-huh. So she was able to walk down my stairs. I didn't know until she brought in pictures of her yeah. in the wheelchair. I couldn't have had imagined it. But anyway, in continuing to work on her healing mm-hmm. and working with her trauma, I picked up again where the other therapist had left off. And I saw her for a very long time. And by the end of therapy, she was going to a jazzercise. That was mm-hmm. an old term. I yeah. think they still have it. But a jazzercise class and a yoga class. Wow. And going to the gym. And was totally able to move her hands and feet. And basically her somatic symptoms had all but disappeared. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. You know, it makes you wonder how many people might have be in this yeah. situation where oh, their body just stops working and no one can figure out why right. or what's going on yeah. and turns out it's a complete mm-hmm. yeah a therapy thing right. versus um well it's all medical but right. versus yeah. a medical thing right wow and interesting one of her siblings um ended up with an old term we used to call multiple personality disorder it's now a disassociative disorder but um, one of her, her siblings is a, was a multiple. And the reason, again, with that is because we form a separate personality to take away the abuse and the horrific thing. So it had an impact, different impact on almost every one of the siblings. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How terrible. Yeah. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Just talk about horrific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so sad there's people like that in the world. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a, another story um, that I actually um, had from a client that I started seeing in marriage counseling. Okay. Okay. And she was a real young gal, married, didn't have any kids, and they were having... Um, just problems with communication, arguing a lot, and 
decided to come in. This is back when I did couples counseling. Okay. Okay. And so they come in and both of them really nice people Mm -hmm. and both of them really willing to work on the relationship. Okay. Okay. But she was so depressed and really struggling with getting any kind of an antidepressant, anything to really work on the depression. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we focused on the marital issues and things really kind of got better. Okay. And she wanted to work on some childhood stuff because her dad was just an ass. Okay. Okay. And she really struggled having a relationship with him. And so we started doing individual counseling. But the interesting thing is we started individual counseling, but her husband still came. Oh. And he just came for support. She wanted him there. He wanted to be there. And he just sort of sat over in the corner and worked on his work. Oh, but he good was for there. Him. So it every... wasn't a control issue. Yeah, that he... it was he was there every session. Oh. Yeah. That's cute. But anyway, um, when we started going back and dealing with past issues, um, Oh, let me back the truck up. Okay. She also had a lot of physical problems. She couldn't stand for very long and do dishes. Her back would ache. She had horrible monthly cycles. Um, She didn't want to have sex very much because it hurt. Mm -hmm. Okay. She had a lot of female problems. Okay. And just a lot of, um, she got weak easily. Okay. Just a lot of, and she's in her twenties. Yeah. You know? And so she was going to doctor after doctor to try to figure out all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that's the physical stuff we see. Okay. Okay. So then we go back and we start really working on, on her childhood. Okay. And looking at this relationship with her dad and her dad seemed to be really super narcissistic and controlling, um, and for a period of time, they lived in a house with a, another family, a cousin, an aunt and uncle cousin. They all had one big house. Okay. So they actually, for a period of time, and I can't remember why, but they, they all had, they all lived together. Okay. Okay. And there was a cousin just a year or two older than her male. And in the course of therapy, she came in when, and she said, I had a really bad dream, but when I started thinking about it, it wasn't a dream. Wow. She said she had been sexually abused by this cousin a lot. Like as a child? Yes, as oh. a as a young adolescent. Okay. Okay, because that's about the time they moved in. Okay. Okay. And he lived in the same house, and she never told she didn't feel safe enough to tell. He was the golden child. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so she started having these memories come back of being abused by him. Okay. Oh my gosh. Prior to that, she had never remembered the abuse. She did not come in for being abused. She came in because they were having marital problems. Interesting. Right. So, you know, in my opinion, that was a repressed memory. Yeah. Only because, I'll get on to the dad in a minute, but only because through therapy, she confronted the cousin. Really? Yes. And he admitted it. What? Uh Uh-huh. And he apologized and was remorseful. 
Yeah. Wow. But she also re- uncovered the fact that dad has sexually abused her too. Oh, no. Yeah. And she did confront her father. And this is through a long period of time. This yeah. was not quick. She confronted her father and he blew a gasket. Oh. You know, yeah. It was Typical that narcissist. never happened. How dare you? Whatever. But, you know, the fact that the cousin had mm-hmm. basically validated yeah. that this isn't a false memory. Right. This, it did happen. Right. You know? Yeah. And in, interestingly enough, through the course of all of this, she also went to some holistic stuff, massage and Reiki and stuff to work mm-hmm. on her body stuff, as well as doctors. But um, she got to the problem where she didn't have any physical symptoms. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. How cool. Yeah, because you think about where the body held that. Mm-hmm. With the sexual abuse, it held it in that area where, you know, sex was painful, everything yeah. going on was painful. The sexual organs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. So because of that and working with clients, I just kind of, I think it can happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that comes up that's not accurate or could be a false memory. But in my experience, the clients I have had, and I have so many more stories. I could tell stories for a couple of days on this one. <laughs> but um, are all memories that have surfaced like that. No hypnosis, nothing going on that they have just felt in a safe place. And she was very safe. Even coming to my office, she was safe because her husband was there. Oh, yeah. Her comfort <laughs> you know, zone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Wow. So... Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Yeah. Well, you got one more. Oh yeah, I have another one. Okay, let's let's do one more. One and more. Then we'll let these. Do pour. we have time? Of course. Oh, time. all right. We've got another one. This one is about a client that was referred to me by um, another therapist out of state, actually. Okay. okay. And she was in her mid sixties when I started working with her. Okay. Okay. And her story was she grew up in a very abusive home. Her dad was very physically abusive. I think her mom was pretty abusive too. Okay. And she basically fled by getting married young. And she married someone who was also very abusive. And she was married to that abusive person for over 40 years. Oh my God. Okay. Hence being 60 when see her. Okay. And she had several children and finally she literally fled from her marriage. When he was not home, she packed up a car, her animals and just left the state. Wow. Okay. She went to live with, um, a relative Mm -hmm. in another state and she actually got a job there, got an apartment. She was... Was her was her kids grown out yes, of the house? Yes, everybody was out of the house. Oh, okay. Everybody, okay. yeah. Yeah, they were way grown because she'd had them, you know... Yeah. She'd been married 40 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, while she was there, she started going to therapy. Okay. okay. And she really started just working on dealing with the trauma and she had a therapist that did this tapping thing that's kind of really unique and bringing stuff to the surface, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so she was doing really well dealing with 
with all of the trauma from her childhood and her marriage. And she actually decided she was going to come back. And that's where the referral came from. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because she wanted to see if there was any way of repairing the marriage or getting divorced. Because she was just on hold. She wasn't divorced. She wasn't married. Okay. Okay. And meanwhile, the husband is saying, I've made all these changes. Oh, I'm a okay. remarkable person. You're, you're to come back now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she thought she didn't move in with him, but she came back and thought, you know, I'm going to give it a try and see. Well, it didn't last long and it went south and she ended up divorcing him. Okay. Okay. But meanwhile, while we're in counseling, she kept coming in saying, I'm having this reoccurring weird dream just about the time I'm falling asleep or kind of in that weird state of consciousness. And she could see it was um, a man and it was a sexual abuse. And she was wondering if she had been raped while she was living in California at this one time. Okay. But as it went on, long story short, as she was able to kind of piece it together and start realizing that there was something more, it wasn't just a dream mm-hmm. and that she came up with memories started to surface that she had been sexually abused by her father. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And so he was gone. He was passed by now and her mom was also gone. And so she reached out to her siblings to see if, any of them had similar memories or similar experiences. And it was real interesting that half of them responded that they did. Really? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. The other half were kind of, I don't know if it was denial or they didn't know, Mm because not every child in a home is abused. Right. Okay. And there were several girls in the house and some boys. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, um, she ended up having these memories come back. Again, after she was divorced, mm-hmm. okay, when she was in a safe place, these memories surfaced, and she's in her 60s. Wow. And they surfaced of being sexually abused by her father. As a child? As a child, and actually into adolescence and teens. She fled, and that's probably why. Mm-hmm. You know, well, besides the abuse. But yeah. But yeah, the sexual abuse going on too. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, these memories can come back at any time, mm-hmm. you know, and the memories that I'm talking about have not been prompted by hypnosis mm-hmm. or suggestion. You know, I had no idea we were going to work on memories of being sexually abused by either of these clients. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, I've seen it and I've worked with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think it can happen too, just by... You think how powerful our mind is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and there's so much not understood in our in our minds oh, yeah. too. Yeah. They yeah. haven't even tapped into that. No, yeah. not at all. Yep. So anyway, that's kind of our uh, our... Repressed memory one. I okay. see. I find it fascinating. I do I too. Knew, yeah. See. Yeah. You, I knew you'd like it. Yeah. You just gotta yeah. talk to me about it. Well. Yeah. well mm-hmm. Okay. It's yeah. not something I ponder on my own. <laughs> <laughs> but now you will. Oh God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> what did I uncover? Anyway. All right. Well, we'll just catch you next time. Yeah. For sure. <laughs>